Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Forgiven Podcast. We are glad that you're here and able to join us. And uh, and uh, this is always kind of a fun thing for us to do as two pastors kind of sitting around a table. And uh, maybe you have joined us from the beginning and are just kind of a regular listener, or maybe you are just listening for the first time. And if you are welcome, we are glad that you are here. And if you are here for the first time, uh, our first suggestion is going to be listen to the one just before this one, uh, because we were talking about Sabbath, and we, as you get deeper into a subject and you begin talking about it, uh, you got a whole bunch of things to say. Well, first of all, you think, what am I going to say? Yeah. And then, then all of a sudden, as time goes on, you realize that there's a lot of there's a lot of issues that are attached to Sabbath and that. And we got through the last one, and we realized we didn't we didn't answer a number of the questions that we are wanting to to talk about, and so. So we wanted to kind of extend our time. Um, uh, I had an opportunity in between our last podcast and this podcast to actually preach a message on it. And uh, if you're interested in, in um, perhaps listening in on that, we have yeah. that online. As yeah, well. it's, it's ready to go. The war for Sabbath. Yeah. And so the, the idea, what we want to do is we want to have a platform where we can just kind of talk and bring about faith issues that are important to all of us so that we can grow. Uh, we don't want to be shallow in our walk. And and if you begin to talk about disciplines, this just spiritual formation disciplines, you've got to talk about Sabbath. Now, what do you mean by uh, spiritual formation disciplines? Um, basically, it's, it's some of the elementary things that we do that cause us to grow. They don't save us. Uh, you don't become a Christian uh, because of these things. Uh, like one of them is praying. Yep. And the other one is continually studying uh, the Word of God to um, find a good assembly or church that you can call home and to be able to be accountable to people and, and to worship together and to take times to worship. And uh, like there's a number of these like disciplines that we have in the rhythm of our lives. Tithing, I think, would be one as well. And, and so these are things that don't save us. Uh, they're not things that, that uh, you know, make you a Christian, but they are the things that help you to grow as a Christian. And many times, if you don't have these rhythms in your, your Christian walk, you don't grow, or you, you don't grow past them. Yeah. And so God is continually working on us through these rhythms. And, and Sabbath is one of them. Uh, Sabbath, for those of you who are kind of at the, the elementary level of things, if you're a new Christian, it is one of the, the Ten Commandments. I believe it's the fourth one. It is, it is the fourth one. It is the one that, that many times we think is optional, but it's not. I think that there is something that intrinsically happens to our life and to our souls if we do Sabbath right. I think it is the gift that God has given us uh, to be able um, to live our lives um, in closer proximity to Him, uh, we use it as as something where where God is able to implement something in our lives like no other times before, so that we can live and live out our lives and be effective not only in our own lives but as we interact with other people. Yeah, absolutely. And spiritual disciplines in and of themselves are so much more in depth of like than just Sabbath. And truthfully, we'll probably do a whole series on like the main spiritual disciplines um, later. You know, like silence and fasting and tithing and you know sabbath and just all of the other like spiritual disciplines that we see in the bible and through christendom and stuff so it's certainly good to talk about them absolutely and and every time i have a conversation about those things i learn something 
Like I've been a Christian for a number of years. I've been a pastor for a number of years. But I've never, ever gotten to the point where I have learned absolutely everything about it. And sometimes there are things that people will say, even younger Christians or less mature Christians that will say, that will resonate with me, that will say, oh, I've never, ever thought that I should implement that in my life. And sometimes it changed. How I read and study the Bible now is totally different than oh, what I did when I was a first Christian. Absolutely. And and so these are these are kind of interesting things that evolve and God works on in our lives. And so as we as we were studying this and as we talked about it, I took the angle in the sermon of the fact that there's huge battle, spiritual battle, with the idea of Sabbath. And whenever there is a battle in Sabbath. And some people say, oh, geez, I just can't do it. And so I just don't do it. The problem is, is that I think that there's such a power. I think that there's such a dynamic. If a person continually holds on to the rhythm of obeying Sabbath correctly, that Satan will do everything he possibly can. I think there's a huge benefit to our health, our spiritual health and our physical health. Oh, absolutely. Sabbath. And so we just kind of talked about that. And and so, you know, there's a reason that God sets it apart. There's a, there's a reason why the first thing he yep. sets apart is that day. And and so we wanted to go a little bit deeper. And so uh, maybe you're kind of uh, a veteran here and you kind of got it down. And if it is, congratulations, because I don't. Yeah, I don't either. And that isn't kind of a crazy thing because it sounds so simple. And so uh, we wanted to talk about it a little bit more. Uh, we thought it was probably a good thing for the health of the church. It's a good thing for the health of every single person. Yeah. And if you are like us, if you are like us at that point where we're just trying to figure things out every single day, then kind of listen in. And if you have any questions, write in. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons that we wanted to do this is because we wanted to help people. And so you might have a question or perhaps you might have an idea. Maybe you will be listening to this and say, this is what I do on Sabbath to make it better. If you do, please uh, write in. Uh, what is our, our email again for that? Forgiven at BethelBrandon.ca. Perfect. And so if you can, if you have any questions or you have any comments or you're saying, listen, these two dummies, they don't know anything about it. I should I should tell them what I do with it. Yeah. makes me uh, successful. And you don't just have to email us. If you follow Bethel Brandon on any of the social media platforms, uh, leave us a comment, question, message us directly, like, we seed them all. I manage all that stuff. So if you have questions, concerns, please reach out to us. This yeah. isn't a one-way sided conversation. It's not meant to be anyway. Exactly. Exactly. And we want to advance you. We want you to go ahead. Uh, just like we want to go ahead in our lives spiritually as well. One thing that, that two things that came when I was preaching the sermon. The one was a quote that, that I gave from a fellow named Gordon McDonald, who was a great leader in his retirement years now, but his probably his, his, one of his biggest works uh, was called Ordering Your Private World. And uh, he made a comment uh, a couple of years back which talked about the fact that our busyness does more to harm our soul than pornography could ever do. Hmm. And, and that really hit me when I read that. A strong um, statement. Yeah, because we all know that pornography really does a lot of damage to our heart and our soul and and that. But when we are so busy that we don't have time for God to nourish us, then uh, then what takes place is we just we atrophy in our faith. Yeah, we atrophy for sure. Yeah. The other thing, the other thing was was a quote by Albert Schweitzer, and it said, "If your soul has no Sunday, then you it becomes an orphan. Our souls mm. become an orphan." And, and so I, I kind of thought that that really 
is interesting because many of us uh, don't have a Sunday in our soul. We don't take that time uh, to rest and just focus on God. And, uh, and we're supposed to do business on six days of the week, and the seventh day is supposed to be the business that we do with God. And so, um, so after the after the the service, and uh, and just as we were talking before, yeah, we didn't answer a lot of questions. And so there were a, a few things. There maybe are some questions that you have, and some I know that I kind of jotted down after, uh, yeah. after our after talking with a number of people because they said, "Well, I, I really want to, but I have problems." You know, I, we all have problems. We all have problems. <laughs> but right. there are some people who are just authentically saying. I really want to do Sabbath right. Yeah. Right. So how? And, and maybe one of the questions is how do I, how do I not be the Pharisee that says, okay, well, I'm not going to do any work. I'm not going to cook food, or I'm going to cook my food the day before so that I'm not cooking on the day of, and you know, I, I'm only going to do this, and it's just going to be a 24-hour period of reading about spiritual things and listening to worship music and going to church and. Uh, and just maybe taking a nap and stuff like that. And so, you know, that you almost get to a point where you get so regimented uh, that it just becomes part part of the Phariseeism. Yeah. And we all have a Pharisee in all of us. And Jesus' biggest problems that he had was with the Pharisees. And that's why he said in, in Mark chapter 2, you know, the yeah, we weren't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made, made for, for us. And so... Um, one of the questions that I received was, so how do I, how do I do Sabbath? Is like, they were saying, like, is it a 24-hour period that I have? And, and, and how, do, how do I become successful in maintaining a Sabbath time? I think that's three questions in one, truthfully. It it's, like, it's like a three-part question because, and, and to just, just put myself in the shoes of the audience for a second, the fact that you were already asking the question of how do I do Sabbath well is already a step in the right direction in mm -hmm. terms of like not wanting to be a Pharisee in this situation. So for those listening, just know you've taken the right step in already questioning this yeah. and listening to it. So yeah. don't be so discouraged. Like what is the biggest hang up that we have about Sabbath? Like maybe I'll ask you that question. What is I, the, hey, what do you find most, most difficult or the most puzzling thing about Sabbath? Um, I think truthfully, it's that people often just don't have the time to make a full 24 hours to do stuff for God. And, and I think the question there also is, do what do you spend 24 hours in prayer? No, that's, that's not what Sabbath is saying. It's not saying you spend 24 hours on your knees crying out to God, because truthfully, let's be real, that's not that restful. Yeah. Like that's not actually going to recharge you and send you out for the next week it uh, it will but it's not going to do the same thing as like doing things that are more honoring to god right so like praying reading your bible think listening to some worship music community right like god wants us to be in relationship with yeah. others yeah so that's part of like a yeah. good sabbath not growing up in the church scene i remember as a young uh, a new christian the thing that continually entered my mind, and God forbid that I would actually say it out loud, was, this sounds really boring to me. I, I, I mean, I got to kind of sit and do nothing. I can't go out and do anything. I just kind of have to, how is that supposed to be something that I'm going to enjoy? 
And when Scripture begins to talk about, especially in Isaiah chapter fifty-eight, he's talking about to delight in yeah. the Lord. It should be something that you look forward to. And um, I think now there's a lot of people who disagree. And, well, and I, can I just want? I want yeah. It shouldn't also just be seen as a day off. That's also like a big, I think, misconception. I think honestly, what happened was culture instituted the five-day work week. And so then people started just seeing it as part of their weekend. Mm. And it's like, no, it, it, sure, it might physically be part of your weekend as in you might take a Sabbath on a Sunday, but it doesn't just count as like a day off where you, you know, you sleep in and you get up and, you know, you yeah. know, for the secular or whatever, you know, you drink four beers while watching the football game yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Like, it's like, is that really honoring to God? No. So I think that's the challenge you have to find yeah. with your Sabbath. Like so. For those of you who are older, like myself, um, there was a time where on Sunday, most things were closed. You couldn't go to the mall because it was closed on Sunday. And you couldn't go shopping because they were closed on Sunday. Yep. And then, then, you know, a, a few decades ago, they said, well, you know, let's, let's try and, and make it better for our businesses and give them more opportunity for business mm-hmm. uh, and, and open things up on Sunday. And so... So I, I don't know what effect. I've heard mixed reviews on, you know, you still got the same business, just all of a sudden you had to hire people for eight more hours well, a week and stuff like that. What, I don't know what well, people were. Maybe this is a side tangent, but I think it's really cool. When I started my first job at, as a cook at Pizza Hut in high school, I never worked Sundays. Not that the store wasn't open, but I, as part of my, like, interview, they were like, well, what days could you work, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I can't work Wednesdays and I can't work Sundays. Because Wednesdays I had youth and I was in school, so I couldn't take... But Sunday, I said, Sunday, I go to church, I volunteer, like, I take that day off. Like, I was like, that was my, like, Sabbath day. Now, I didn't have the best understanding Mm -hmm. of Sabbath at, you know, 17, but they still, like, honored that, which just, I thought was really cool. That, like, I only ever worked one Sunday in my entire, like, two two years there, and that was one gray cup where somebody called in sick. (laughs) <laughs> so I had to go in and work. So okay. I just wanted, like, yeah, there is still some light in the world out there yeah. of, like, of that. But, but I had found that it was easier at that time to take Sunday as the Sabbath. 100%. Because you couldn't do anything anyways, and you didn't have to work. And so now now we're in situations. This is another question. I think I'm answering seven questions at the same nah, time. I just keep going. I like it. <laughs> what, what happens is there are a lot of people who say, I work a stretch of... You know, two weeks in a row. Yeah, exactly. And and because of work, I'm unable to. Or I work on Sunday, so I can't have Sunday. Or I'm on a shift work, which which changes. And so the Sabbath that I choose to have has to move based on the schedule that, that I have. Um, other people have said things to the effect of, well, I can do a half a Sabbath. Does it have to be a 24-hour period? I do half a Sabbath on Wednesday and half a Sabbath on Sunday. And, and how does how does that work out? And what does God what does God desire for me to do as far as that's concerned? So I think, you know, let's start there. Because I think that's a really good question. Because that's one that I've had to really think about and pray about, especially when I was in like Bible college and stuff. Because I mean, in some maybe you could argue this, but some would I said I made the conclusion that my work was college. Like you know, I'm not getting paid for it. And I had a job too, but I was, my work was school. So on like certain, like with assignments being due and my schedule ever changing, I had to like 
make sure that I put 24 hours a week aside for a Sabbath to like do nothing. Yeah. And so like maybe that was, you know, one Wednesday morning I didn't or afternoon I didn't do anything. And then, you know, the next Thursday from, you know, noon to midnight I didn't do anything or mm-hmm. or whatever. And I was able to like, you know, space out a 24 hour period in a week that was able to like spend time with God and, you know, not do anything. And I think for me, I think that works really, really well. And I still do that to this day. I mean, like we, you know, as pastors, I think we don't, I don't, I can't think of many pastors that probably take a traditional one day Sabbath, at least maybe not people in my position. Like I don't know many youth pastors who are taking a traditional one day Sabbath because, you know, we're often meeting with students, hanging out, doing like whatever, or we got meetings in that in the evening, like all these things. So I don't, I don't take a full one 24 hour day period. Like I like, you know, Thursday from like, you know, three o'clock till like Friday at like noon and then Saturday and whatever. And I space mine out. Like that's interesting. Now, and I I could be wrong in that, but I would say that the intention of Sabbath was to actually take a full day. I would agree with you completely. I'm just, I'm just saying that's what I do. And that's the conclusion I came to. If there's a, if there's a person that says, because of the schedule and because of the things that are taking place in my life, I can do two 12 hours. I would say this to do a 12 hour Sabbath is better than to do nothing at all. Yes, absolutely. The idea I think is to try and take 24 hours. I think that there's something about that period of time that allows us to fully be able to receive what God has for us. hundred percent agree. The other thing is I've heard other people say, well, you know what? I can't do one day, but I can do, six days of uh three hours and i'm thinking so at what point at what point do you do you divide it up where it ceases to become effective at all yeah i agree so so i would say if 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 we're for argument's sakes and we're taking a look at the scripture that it it would be good to take a full 24-hour period now i know that a lot of people traditionally will see sabbath as a a six o'clock saturday till six o'clock on Sunday. And I don't know, I don't know where they get that. There might be something in scriptures that would indicate that that is the best way to do it or, or Jewish tradition or something that. that Well, I think culturally, right. Usually Saturday night, you're free. You're not doing anything. You know, you might work Saturday morning on your car or your house or whatever, but Saturday night was usually reserved. And like we talked about earlier, culturally, anyway, Sunday, everything was closed. Mm -hmm. So you had no choice, but to, you know, do yeah. nothing. And then that includes church, which would be your community and your worship yep. and stuff. And then you'd be getting the kids ready to go to bed or whatever and getting them ready for school on Monday and stuff after six. So I don't know, biblically speaking, but culturally it seems to fit yeah. right in. I found this though, that those people who do not somehow plan it, to somehow kind of say, this is the time that I'm going to, to choose to be my Sabbath, often don't have Sabbath. Yeah. And I, I that was going to be something that I was going to put on. You can't, accidentally like sabbath because then you're not actually sabbathing you're just doing nothing right it's the i think what you said earlier it's the intentionality behind actually taking time away to do nothing and let god like refuel you recharge you yeah and when we're talking about sabbath there's a number of things it's to stop it's to rest it is to delight in god yeah it is to reflect Uh, many people also add the thought of of showing mercy Mm. 
doing something where you're helping someone out or could be helping someone out. And, and each person is different. But I think for the most part, you know, to stop, to rest, to delight, and to observe, to, to just take some time to reflect. Those are kind of the important ingredients to Sabbath. And if you can take a time when you say, this is when I'm going to do it. Uh, and the reason that you have to do that is because the Bible says that that is set apart time. That is supposed to be the best time of your week. Not the leftovers are something that you have to do. And when, and when you can prioritize that time and when you can plan that time, then it does become special. But we'll never, you can never pan out Sabbath. It has to be something where we begin to reflect and say, as, as a, a point of serving Jesus and giving him my whole life, I'm going to choose this time. Now, if your schedule is such that you can't do that, but you have a time, you say, okay, so this is what I'm going to plan. I'm going to put it in my schedule, just like I put everything in my schedule. Yeah. And here is what I am going to do. I am going to do something symbolically to start it, whether it's maybe a prayer or maybe it's a Bible reading. Some people light a candle. They do something symbolic to say, okay, here is when the start is. And so, God, this 24 hours, I'm going to dedicate to you. And so, so the next question that comes to me is, so what do I put in those days? What is, what is in that when? Can I get a 24-hour egg timer and just like <laughs> put, go. put it on top of my fridge? Well, so so what do you put into your Sabbath? That might be the question I would ask you. Uh, I often, and we're pastors, so it might be a little different than what the regular person would do, but my Sabbath is uh, I take time to worship. And I mean, like, I mean, like, very traditional worship, so I'll crank the worship music in my apartment and I'll just, you know, listen for an hour and pray and, you know, do that. I will try to read the Bible, but I often end up studying the Bible, which is still very like encouraging and life-giving. But I make that distinction because I think there's one difference between like reading the Bible and soaking and another thing and studying it and like, sure. you know, tearing it apart. But I find tearing it apart enjoyable. So I find that that refreshes me. So I'll do some of that. And often I will just listen to other Christians. I will, that is the time when I listen to the most podcasts, the most sermons, all that stuff. That is time for me to be fed and everything like that so that I can go out and then feed others. That's, that's often what I do on my Sabbath. That's a great idea. And, 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 you know, podcasts and things like that have become very popular. And there's lots of good things. There's a ton of great speakers out there. 100%. I've heard a lot of people say, well, I listen to a number of different things on a particular Sunday. Uh, things, that, things that will nourish me. Um, one, thing, one thing I find that... Um, I don't think it's right for me to practice the Sabbath and ignore my wife. So I will spend time with my wife. And if my kids were around, I would be spending time with them if they wanted to spend time with me. <laughs> I'm hoping that that is the case. But And it was with us growing up. And so, so that becomes uh, part of the deal. To actually rest, to maybe take... Some people say, well, you know, there's not much of a Sabbath if you're, if you're sleeping. Or anything like that, but I think rest many times is a good thing. Absolutely, I I find that. I think if we talked and were to pull most people about what they do on Sabbath and how that were to look, a lot of it would be having to do with, well, I listen to worship music, uh, I might read a book that draws me closer to Jesus, I might listen to a podcast, I might watch some of my favorite pastors, um, I might, you know, do some of these some of these um, things. And just to clarify, I also do things that, that are worldly. Like, I don't yeah. spend 24 hours just, like, doing that. Like, 
I'll be honest. I will sit there and I will play video games for like, you know, six hours. And, and that is, but through that six hours, I'll have a podcast on, I'll be listening, you know, whatever you guys can attack me in the comments as to, as to what I'm playing. But for me, that's like super restful and that, enjoyable. And that could be debatable too there. So what kind of videos are you watching? And, right. And do these videos Exa glorify the Lord? Well, exactly. Right. I'll, I'll be honest. No, I'm playing Call of Duty. I'm, you know, I'm shooting a gun at a fake person somewhere, mm -hmm. but it's like, it's not the act of the gay. And we're going to talk about it later, but it's still the fact that we said we take delight in God. And it's not that I'm taking delight in the game. It's that I'm taking delight in the fact that I get to like sit here and do something that's enjoyable and yep. understand that like God has like gifted me with this like time to be set aside, to relax, to enjoy, to like take part in. Yeah. So it's no different than people watching football or yeah. like anything like that, right? So, you know, I don't know. We can talk about that later. But. I'm see the question, the question, the debate that I had with some people was there are some people, and I, we may have even mentioned this at the last podcast, some people who they, they look at garden and they're just so at peace. They're outside, they're breathing fresh air. They just enjoy the thought of working with the soil and watching things grow and, and making it look clean and, and seeing things mm -hmm. bloom and adding fertilizers. Just like people like, oh, this is, yeah. this is great. And I actually like to garden. Um, and some people see it as pulling weeds, sweating, getting, a, getting a sunburn, getting dirt under my fingernails. You know, just being aggravated and on my knees and my sore back. That's what they see as gardening. Amen. <laughs> and I say to them, hey, if you enjoy gardening and that is something that delights you and you have opportunity to draw closer to Jesus from that, that's the thing. You know, is the, is the activity uh, joyful and delight to you? Is it something that will take you away from the Lord or draw you closer to the Lord? Ex yes. That's you, where we get into some of the, some of the yes. debate we are talking about, but... The Sabbath, what Sabbath looks like for me is can be totally different. What Sabbath looks like for you, because there are things what will fill my tank for you might empty your tank. Oh, absolutely. You are extroverted. I am not. So like you might go and like, you know, have some friends over or something like that on a Sunday. Me? Not sorry. Yeah. I'm going home. And like, Isn't that I, funny like, how you how you how you regain yourself is the be alone. My, uh, a lot of times, as they you know they do the test about who you yeah. are, your your Brickmans or whatever. Personalities test. Yeah. yeah, mine basically showed that I give the appearance of being an extrovert. Oh, but in reality, how I gain my strength and and okay. to enjoy myself is when I have people who I fully trust. Oh yeah, and I have two or three of them over. I have. Um, perhaps with my me, my wife and I have two friends or two couples over, and these are friends who I'm not afraid if I say something God. as the pastor, they're going to say, yeah, the pastor, yeah, how, oh, how dare something you? Something like that, where I have an a actually an opportunity, yeah, to just be able to relax and laugh and have fun. That is how I gain the most strength for myself, and so those are those are things that. I would look forward to that would be something that would be in my category of Sabbath. And don't get me wrong. Introverts listening out there don't, you know, I don't, I don't just spend time alone. Like I will often go and like, you know, I will enjoy 
coffee with a nice friend or something like that for an hour or two and have a good conversation and stuff like that. That I will love that I love to do as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. on my Sabbath. And we talk about God and we challenge each other on our relationships yeah. and our in and stuff like that. So like I had um some close friends who just grew up in the Pentecostal church or just grew up in an evangelical church. And what they told me, um, I had not seen, but I had heard that what happened was you had a service. Now, those times you had a morning service and an evening, evening. service. And for a lot of them, they kind of had a bit of a nap. But what happened was, <laughs> it's kind of funny, because you would you would go to the service, and after the service, he said, after the service, we went home and got in our pajamas, is what, they, is what he said. And then we would all meet at some friend's house, and they would play Rook, because at that time, you know, you don't play regular cards. It's not good to play regular cards. So they would play Skippo or they would play Rook or whatever. And there would be a lot of laughing and a lot of people together. And the kids would be down in the basement and they would be playing whatever games. And and so by the time he got home, he said like they would, they would, you know, until later times in the evening, they would get together. They wouldn't have extravagant meals. They'd have toast with jam. That's what kind of they would have. And people would just get together and enjoy the company of each other. And the kids would kind of get together, and that's how they drew they drew closer as a church family, and then they went to bed. I don't know if if that. Hey, I would love to. Well, I don't know if I'd be going in my pajamas or anything. It's, and it's not the adults that went in pajamas. Let me just clear about that. It wasn't the parent, <laughs> the adults that had pajamas? It was the kids. But you know, in some respects, that actually still sounds like a nice. Yeah, it does. That to be able to just share the love of Jesus together. In, in kind of, if not a corporate, a semi-corporate way where you have yeah. friends over and enjoy enjoy life. Now, uh, it's that was a different day. And so we have to ask ourselves, so if I can't do that, if it's impossible to do that, what are the ways that I can reproduce that in another form? Yeah. Well, I don't, like, that's hard because... <laughs> I mean, truthfully, I'll just be honest. I went. I got home from church yesterday, and I put on my pajamas, and then I changed and got back here. I just thought that was funny. Um, it's hard. It's hard so now. So you came in your pajamas? Yes, no, so no. You said you, said you went home, and you changed <laughs> yeah. your pajamas, yeah. and then you came back here. Yeah. Didn't you see me wearing my my Batman pajamas last night? No, I didn't. No. Uh, I just say I just. It's hard to do that now because there's this cultural. Uh, like busyness now where like I mean I'm, when I was a kid okay this is, I say wow holy cow I just said when I was a kid like I'm really old but I'm not but like truthfully when I was a kid you would just knock on your friend's door and they would just come out to play now you can't do that like it's like I'll see the neighborhood kids around where I live they're not knocking on each other's doors and like no. playing outside or anything like that. It's like, right. oh no, you have to. I have to text my mom. I have to text their mom to see if we could schedule a play date and like all this stuff. And then it's this big thing. Somebody's got to bring a snack and like it's like, no. What happened to just that like spontaneous idea of like just hanging out and just like playing and doing this kind of thing? That's even even as adults now, that's like not a thing anymore. Yeah. Like it's like if I want to try and like spend time with like my friend, I have to text him and be like, like. Hey, like, when do you want to schedule a phone call so we can, like, hang out and play a video game or, or play cards or do something online together because he's in Saskatoon. It's like, we have to schedule it. Yeah. And the thing is, before when when Sundays were kind of a a day off for everyone or close to a day off for everyone. Yeah. Everyone practiced Sabbath together. Yeah. Problem is. Now they don't. Today's society, sometimes 
I'll have to take Friday as my day off because I come in, I'm at the church at seven o'clock and I'm praying over the message and I'm going over everything and making sure I got everything correct. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's a meal afterwards and sometimes there's a small groups in the evening. It's, it's hardly a Sabbath for me. Absolutely. I have to take, I have to take another time. And so, so that somehow becomes the difficulty. So, and if that is the case, the question we ask ourselves is, how do I reinvent Sabbath? Or how do I recreate Sabbath where, where I can enjoy it? And the thing is, the problem, I guess, is, is that we don't have that social aspect like we used to. Maybe, maybe, we, maybe the question becomes, instead of, like, you don't have to do that. for Like, your Sabbath doesn't have to look. It should be on the same. We just, we've established that it should be at least in the same 24-hour period. But maybe it doesn't have to look the same each 24-hour period, as long as you're taking 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Right? So maybe it's like, honestly, maybe you just schedule, honestly, maybe you just schedule it like a month in advance. You'd be like, hey, look, like we're taking this day off. Like Maybe our kids want to get together. Right. And I think maybe just be a little more intentional with it instead of trying to go against the grain. Maybe go with it and 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 just start adding that as something maybe added extra to like mm. your Sabbath and all yeah. that. Like, yeah. like if you, if you had a, a Sabbath bag, <laughs> let's just put it <laughs> OK, way. I like this. You got, it's like a doctor's bag or something. Sure. You know, those little black bags. Yeah. And yeah you kind of yeah. have all your tools, your Sabbath tools yeah. sort of thing. What would be the things that would you put in there? One would be one would be to actually take a physical nap. To actually have that. Now there are other times in your days when you do that, and that might be part of your part of your rhythm where you do. But to to just have a time where you physically rest. Yes, and I will say I don't nap. Like I will not nap, but I will lay down. It's not that I'm yes. actually going to fall asleep and like. However, that looks to you. Exactly. I just I just want to clarify because I know there are people out there listening that they hear the word nap and they're like, "But I can't do that." It's like, no, no, no. It's not that you actually have to sleep. It's you lay down in your bed yeah. or your couch, your nap room, put your phone away somewhere else. Yes. And you like and I think that's really important. I'm gonna clarify it because I, I like this idea a lot. Put your phone away, maybe bring a book or something like that, or bring your Bible and and do it, but don't have any other distractions. Don't have your TV on or anything like that. Like actually just take an hour and do nothing. To have to actually turn off the pastor in me. Oh, I've got to think. I got to do this and that. That has to be part of my Sabbath. And maybe you are a worker and you don't have a punch clock, and so you're continually in work mode. To actually say, okay, well, I'm not going to prepare something or whatever it is that represents work for you. Um, I'm not going to purposely do that. So I think yeah, that's number two for sure. That if that is something where if your work is tied to your phone, it might be good to say, well, I'm turning my phone off. That's what I For do. For any particular time, I turn the phone off. Mm-hmm. That is part of the stop, right? That and to to we don't think of that as as an important part of Sabbath, but it is. It is that step of faith that says the world will get along without me if I turn off, right? Yeah. If I disengage, and there's something about the disengagement that allows you to actually attach yourself to God, correct? A uh, hundred. So. There's this um there's this guy, he makes like little Instagram reels or like, you know, minute thirty second and it's like healthy workplace, little skits, and it's always like the mean boss, you know, whatever, and then and then the employee stands up to him. And the one I watched literally this morning as I was getting ready was talking about 
um, the boss got mad at the guy when he got back because he didn't answer his email while on vacation. <laughs> and the employee's like, well, I was on vacation. I'm not working. And then the boss is like, but you should always be, you know, at least check your email. That's not work, blah, 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 blah. And then the employee's like, yes, it is. It's like, I'm literally answering a question related to this job. And then, and then he asked the question exactly what you asked. Would the company have burned down if I didn't answer this email? Well, no, we would, we, we, it was fine. So then he's like, there's your answer. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, you know, when, turn your phone off. <laughs> like, that's what I do. Saturdays, I'll be real. I don't check my phone ever. Like I put it away. I have it turned off face down on silent. I check it when I want to. And even then I don't ever open my email on Saturday. Well, that's like a personal thing. Then I will. But like, I don't ever check my work email on Saturday ever. Yeah. And that's a good thing to do. That's part of the stop. Yeah. So that has to go in the bag. Yeah. That's two for sure. Right. Um, A nap. Turn off your cell phone. I would say, I would say do something that, I enjoy. I think that's an important part of Sabbath. Plan something that you enjoy. Now, what you that's where it gets a little bit hazy between what you do and what I do. And we kind of have. Yeah, we talked about that. We discussed that. Right. Um, The. So can I ask a question about that, though? Sure. So I'll just be real. My, 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 My family were selling our house. That's work. Right. In some regards, like that's physical work. I'm going and cleaning and moving and, you know, fixing stuff. And I was doing that on my day of like on my Sabbath. But like and like but it was something that I did enjoy, but it was like a type of work. So like that's my question. Could some could the thing you enjoy be something that's working? Right. Like think about somebody who likes to build stuff. Is it then, are they technically working on their Sabbath when they're building something? That's right. That's, we talk about the hazy area. That's what I'm wondering about. Like, there's so many lines that have to be drawn in yeah, this. I don't you know. enjoy your work and you're still working, that's the problem. That's where you draw the line. Yeah. If I, if I, you know, make a, a toolbox for my kids as a craft, I think that I enjoy. That's something that I enjoy. But if for my job I make toolboxes, right, then all of a sudden it becomes work. Right, right. As there's a thin, there's a thin line, but there's something about the fact of turning off. You're yeah. not turning off work. Okay, right? that's what I thought. I just, I don't know. That's hard because, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I cut you off though. You had a point you were saying, and I completely forgot it. But oh, it'll come back. Whoops! Uh, bad podcasting over the, here. The is the issue uh, many times is that we don't have fun, and I don't think that that was ever to be intended that way. And so if you plan, if you plan something and you say, I enjoy it. And, you know, sometimes for my wife and I, I, we've got to think of something that both of us enjoy. Yeah. And so that becomes part of the challenge and part of the, of the plan. Yeah. Um, so I'm Un- thinking, kid, just wait, don't do, so- <laughs> don't do something you like you enjoy that also like, like harms you as well. Like, you know, I'm just, I, I don't know. For some reason, I'm just thinking of a person who is addicted to something who might be like trying to get over their addiction and is now we've just told them, oh, part of my Sabbath is I can do what I enjoy. So if I like doing cocaine, I can do that on my Sabbath. I don't know. That That's I ju- where I really find my peace. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just hit me though. So I just yeah. wanted to clarify, like, just like, 
Don't yeah. do something that you enjoy that is at the cost of somebody else. See, the, an addiction is something that you replace God with, though. Yeah, I I, I understand right? it. Just, it just my brain just went there for a second, and I just for wanted sure. to clarify sure. that, for like, sure. don't do something at the cost of somebody else. Yes. So, let's take that out of the bag if that's in the bag. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm saying Sorry. try and find something you do, a hobby that you enjoy, people that you enjoy, you know, things that you like to do. Yeah. Together. Um, the aspect of being able to reflect, to to actually, like, and this to me is an important part of the bag. What is that one or two things that I do that brings me closer to Jesus? And so, mm-hmm. if I pray or if I if I'm reading the Bible and that, and those are, you you don't lose out on the rhythms. If you pray every day, you still would pray on your Sabbath, but there might be a different twist to it. There might be something that you do a little bit more. There might be something that you kind of add to the devotion of the day. You know what I mean? That kind of makes it special. And because you have that time off, you have the extra time to maybe do it a little slower Hmm. or to do it a little more purposeful because you would kind of even step down. There's times where I read the Word of God and there's times where I actually dig in. Yeah, exactly. And and for some people, that's just, it is, I'm going to listen to this podcast and just... You know, I, the only purpose that I have is just to draw, draw closer to Jesus. And the reason I'm doing this is to take that opportunity. And you kind of added to that. You kind of had some, some good ideas that, that for you, yeah. I, feel, I feel challenged in my faith. And I feel like I'm a little bit more nourished in, in who I am. And I've, it's allowed me to see God a little bit more differently. Yeah. I just... I'll just be completely real. I I mean, as a pastor, I do take time every day to be with God, obviously. But, like, is that the most healthy and intentional time that it could be? No. Because I, I like to get a lot of other things done, and I find that honoring to God. Yeah. But on, the, on my Sabbath, on those days, I make that my number one, like, priority. And I do that. And, and again, I do it very differently than other people. I still read my Bible, and I do a more traditional thing. But yeah, like I will, I listen, I probably burn through like six podcasts on a, like, and YouTube sermons on a Saturday. Because if I spend my week, you know, pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, A, and I want to be filled just, you know, to be, have jokes and, and joy and all that stuff. But like, we teach all the time. We're, we're constantly talking to people and answering questions and all these things. How I can't spend my whole week studying and preparing for these things, so why wouldn't I just listen to the experts yeah. and have God like use that time to like recharge me yeah. and refill me and like yeah. you know do that? So that's what I do, and I find it super enjoyable. Like I love it. Like I love that on a Saturday or whenever I sit down and I am like I'm listening, and I sometimes I'll even take notes. Like like I'll even take like notes on my phone. I have a list of like quotes from podcasts and. And, you know, sometimes I'll use those for sermons or everything later on, but it's still, like, really good that I, like, get to do that. And I find it super unique. And I just, I think I want to challenge people to find something that works for you. Like, don't, you know, don't try to copy your neighbor's Sabbaths because it's not going to work. Yeah. No, and and that obviously has to be in the bag. The other other thing is, and I think this is important, and and sometimes this has kind of been uh, phased out a little bit, in the fact that I think being with other Christians and worshiping together in a service is a a huge part, a huge dimension of Sabbath because you actually have, and again, I know that I've said this a thousand times to people who knows me, who know me, (laughs) 
Church is more than a sermon and a song. If all church is to you is a sermon and a song, then um, you might, may not fully comprehend this. The fact that you develop friendships and you say, this is my family, and how do I serve and, and enjoy Jesus with people, Yeah, I think becomes a huge part of Sabbath. Now, again, for myself, you know, as a pastor... I don't really get to enjoy Sabbath because I'm kind of working on that day. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but I've often asked myself, as the as I get closer to my retirement years, you know, when all of a sudden I kind of hang up the pastor title. You hang whatever, up your Bible. <laughs> and I don't know if I hang up my Bible. Well, but just, you know what I mean? I was trying to make a joke. My pastor's robes. <laughs> there you go. Robes, <laughs> that, so what kind of church will I attend? You know, and and hmm. you know, you want you want to be with people that you enjoy, and I want to be able to do something in the church to that will make that church better. Yeah, and I've kind of said if it is teaching a Sunday school, I want to be the first one to volunteer to teach a Sunday school. Now you may think that's a lot, but the fact that I'm pouring into children's lives, teaching the Word of God, does something for my soul. Absolutely, and worshiping together does something for my soul. I know that person, I've, I had a conversation with someone who said, well, you know, I, I do this, and they keep on saying, the pastor says this, and I don't know if i really like to go. And the one question I said to them is, since when is church about you? When you think about church. That's a gut punch right there, but a good one. Yeah, when has church, church was never really in, been intended to, to be about you. Now, you get fed from it. You get all these things, but the mentality is, what is it for, what is in it for me? If that is the overriding principle of why you attend church, then you will never get out of church, the corporate worship aspect of things. That I'm here to worship together because I love Jesus. And how do I make church better? How do I how do I serve God in a way where I can enjoy him and and increase increase the joy of of other people? So um so that that becomes a big thing uh, for me as well. One other thing that that I can add to it. Actually, there's two other things I'd like to add. Yeah. The one is this. Someone challenged me on the idea of mercy, right? So, so you stop. So you stop, and you um, rest, and you reflect, and you uh, you enjoy God and delight in Him. Um, what about this? What about this aspect? with um with mercy and sometimes that can be reflected in just doing something having somebody over going going out of your way to be able to um impart something onto other people's lives yeah. you know? and hey maybe have someone over that you don't normally have over uh maybe have someone who is new to the church over now it's not like they have a problem or anything like that but you're kind of extending hospitable spirit yeah i think we have lost that aspect oh western civilization has completely lost hospitality yes so the 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 thing that um really the thing that really um gets me is that we have kind of lost the hospitable spirit and, and that is due to the fact that we sometimes are so overwhelmed with things that um we can't you know well, suddenly we say, oh, okay, service is over. Okay, where are we going? Whatever. Uh, it's not so hard saying we're going to, to Wendy's. 
hey, you're new to the church, or I haven't really ever gotten to know you. Would you like to come to Wendy's yeah. with me? And even if it's just the opportunity to get to know a deep, little bit deep, taking a chance, taking a risk to walk across the room to make sure that everyone is doing well. And if you've grown up in a church and everyone knows you, you've been there for 30 years and you have your set of friends that you're comfortable with, that is a challenge. But that is the new challenge which is important for us as as a church nowadays because we don't ever have those times to meet together or we're meeting online or there's yeah. a whole bunch of things there or we just we kind of close ourselves off. But there's the opportunity or the thought, you know, here's a person that is new to the church or here's a person that's new to the church and they're part of another culture. And uh, we kind of have this thought, I kind of like to hang around my own culture. But what is the thought that with, especially with our church, we got so many new different people from different cultures coming. Take the opportunity and say, hey, have, uh, I know that you were, you were here and there's, there's maybe more and you have two kids with you, but hey, if you maybe just want to come over for lunch or would you like to go? We're going to Swiss Chalet. We're going to, because everyone many times, they, they don't like to cook after, after lunch. They just want to go and pick something mm -hmm. up or whatever. The thought of, and that maybe is a challenge for me, that's, hey, after, after church, we're going there. You're going to go there anyways. You're going to eat the meal anyways. Mm -hmm. Why don't you take the chance to invite someone that you don't normally know and join your group? And that isn't long before that person feels welcome. Yep. I think many times that becomes a big part of Sabbath. For me to be able to take that chance and get to know someone for the first time. So, anyways, the other thing is this. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest challenges is this. You're a homemaker. You are a mother and and or a father, who, and you are the primary caretaker of the house, and you keep the house. And so most of your time is spent maintaining the household. And for a number of them... and. Like, let's face it, a majority of them are female uh, that do the, you know, the wife now, because of the economy, has to work as well. And then many times takes on 70% of the roles of the house. And, and she's the one that has the empathy for the children, is taking care of the children. And boy, if you have children, then children are either having violin lessons or they're going to the swim club or they're, they're, they're going to whatever yeah, church activity. Everything. Playing soccer or, or everything. My... The big challenge I have is talking to the maybe the biggest workaholics in our society today, and that is the mom who can never turn it off. Once they get out, once they punch their their punch clock, then they got to come home and they got to make supper and they got to clean the house and they've got to they've got to um, you know take care of the kids and and live through their kids, and that to me has always been the challenge. What do I say to someone who is in that category? I asked the single guy. <laughs> you asked the single the young single guy <laughs> that that question. And I, if you are that person, if you're listening and you are that person, or if you know that person, I think Sabbath becomes that much more important. And maybe you can't take all of the hats off. I think that if you are married, I think you need to sit down and have a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And say, we need to talk about Sabbath. We need to take about a time, think about a time where I need to take it off. And so on this day, dishes will not get done. The house will become dirtier. Or once the Sabbath is over, I'm going to need your help 
to clean the house up and to make sure things are maintained. Or, you know, normally I know you come home and you are tired and so I help take care of the kids. But on Sunday, if you are the dad and are on the day off, the Sabbath day, part of the Sabbath job for a father is to enjoy time with the children. And, and so that becomes something that needs to be negotiated. Now, if you're a single mom, maybe you need to talk with parents or you need to provide a way to give yourself time to rest and stop and reflect. And you're saying, maybe you're sitting there saying, I'm thinking this is wonderful. How do I do it? Well, it's not easy for some of us. Nope. Let me, I'm, I'm prefacing what I'm saying with the thought that you actually do need a Sabbath probably more than everybody else. And what happens is it makes it that much more difficult because you hold so many hats that you need to prepare it and you need to be assertive in maintaining your Sabbath. You're going to need to be disciplined. You need to prioritize and all that stuff. But I find with many people, and I'm talking to a lot of those people who are housewives who, who carry so many things, that to be assertive, to say, this is something that I need and I need your help to do it becomes of utmost importance. So, and if you say, hey, listen, I'm going to call the pastor so that he can, <laughs> I guess I'll do that for you. But well, that I think my heart goes out to those people who are in that, that position because they need Sabbath probably more than everybody else. Absolutely. Right? And just to think about the, again, biggest warning grain of salt ever as I'm about to speak, I would say that, yeah, like if you're married and everything like that, I don't think it should be a negotiation. It should be, it should be a discussion as to what like Sabbath should look like. But that you said exactly what I was going to say. I was just going to say, dads, looks like you're picking up the slack on that day. Cause it's like they, you know, 70, if they do 70% of the work, then I'm sorry. I think we, us men could pick up the other 30%. But I would also say, I would really encourage that it's okay to let your house be a little dirty. It's okay to like let the dishes go undone for a day or like it's not the big, it's not the end of the world. Like if the floor isn't swept or whatever, because if you're doing Sabbath properly then you're going to, then you're going to have time for that the next day. When I say negotiations and that there, it may sound, it may sound well that you say discussions, <laughs> but it basically is is what it is. There needs to be ground rules that are made. Yeah, I just I, when you said negotiation, yeah. I immediately thought of like regimented. Just like, yeah, just like a business deal going on. Of like, well, I'll take fifteen percent if you take. If, 20. If, I thought a Shark Tank or if something. If you are if you are married, <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, again, that's why I said <laughs> so the the priority of of Sabbath in your life is that important and. And particularly those who don't have, maybe even don't have a job per se in terms of a punch in and punch out, but are continually on the clock doing things. You know, that becomes particularly important. And I, and just as I was going through all of the statistics and everything and realizing that the biggest workaholics many times are our moms uh, who are working full time in, in a job and also taking care of their family. And, and many times as men, we will let them and that's not always a good thing. That yeah. there has to be some type of a, a time where we say, let's let's figure out something so that I can be good. And as a husband, we need to realize if my wife is able to have a Sabbath, then they will be better. They'll be stronger. They will be able to to be more of a joy to 
to be around because they are able to work from their rest rather than resting from their work. Yeah. Right? 100%. Can I add one thing into the bag that I think would be important? I would say we should take time to admire God's beauty. Yeah. I think, now, does that mean you have to go outside when it's negative 40 on a day like today? Not necessarily. But I would say that I think taking time to admire God's beauty is a really good, important thing to do on Sabbath. Yes, because it's part of the reflect. Yes, We want to reflect. and, And there's so much about God that we can reflect on. When you stop and consider, I think it will be, it will take us an eternity to really actually get to know who God is. I just don't think we ever will. No. <laughs> That's the wonderful thing about God. Yeah. And, and something that at this point our minds can't really wrap around. Yeah. So that's my one addition to the bag is take time to admire God's beauty. Because whether that's going for a walk or just making a list of that you're thankful for or just something that allows you to recognize the, I mean, you know, the amazing awestruck nature of God, I think is something that is really... it. We, you know, that's part B of reflection because I know for me, I would take a Sabbath, but I wouldn't necessarily take time to like. It might be the part A. Sure. Yeah, we stop and get down to it because it's something we'd never, ever stop to do. Yeah. You know, if you don't, if you don't take time to reflect on the beauty of God, then you begin to question the goodness of God. Mm. Right. So what do you do? What, is, what are the things that you incorporate into your Sabbath? And maybe we have uh, missed out on something. Probably we have. Or maybe we didn't take enough time on it. So if you have any questions, uh, maybe, there's, maybe there is a problem that you have and we haven't answered that, then make sure that you write in. And, and that as well, uh, if, if this is helpful to you, maybe it's helpful to someone else you may want to share you may want to share the pod- podcast and, and that I know that we are gaining a little bit of momentum with the podcast and our idea is not to become rich and famous on the podcast. If we do, hey, we'll take that in. We're humble people, are we not? Uh, but if the idea is want to do everything we can as pastors uh, to, to, to make sure that you're doing well, to make sure that you are growing, to make sure that you're going deeper, to make sure that after you have listened to this podcast, you're saying, you know what? I just want to serve him more. I just want to really, really love Jesus with all of my heart. And hopefully uh, this podcast has helped you in that process. Any last words, Logan? Nope. I nope. just, you know, just we, we're here to help inspire and empower you. And that's that's our goal. Let's have a quick prayer. Father, um, all of us are challenged to uh, be able to to really do Sabbath well. I just pray that, that you will continue to convict our hearts uh, and call us to yourself, Father, to take this wonderful gift that you have given us the Sabbath and incorporate it into our lives and let us draw closer together to you as a result. So we give you all the thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us, everyone, and have a great day. Amen, everybody.